Empire. Triple Play Fantasy's football show with D. Mindy, Brastadamus, Doc, and Johnny Foosball starts now. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the show. We've got a new host today. Welcome to the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. We are a proud member of Empire Network and the Empire Media Podcast Network. Your host, Doc here, D. Mendy. It's his bye week, and I'm here to replace him. I got the normal crew. I got the man that apparently didn't ride bikes and scooters as a kid, John Van Etten. What's going on? I can't even ride a bird. I taught myself, but I feel like most uh, most like dads teach them to ride bikes, right? You taught yourself how to ride a bike? No, you yeah. didn't, Doc. Yeah, I no, did. I I'm not saying I'm that. good, but I taught myself. I don't believe that for a second. By the way, Eric, how did, old were did you? David have to take the week off after we like just railed into every single example he gave <laughs> last time? <laughs> that could be it. He didn't disclose his reason. But He's ashamed. The other voice you're hearing, a handsome member of Triple Play Fantasy, the man that gets up at four in the morning, plays with his twists, and isn't on his balcony for once. It's Brad Kilgore. What's going on? Can't complain, man. Good to see these beautiful faces. Oh, you're too kind. We got Kevin Coleman, a.k.a. the Debbie Dad, the man that eats ribs right before and isn't funny. What's going on, Kev? Hey, I'm just glad you invited me, Eric. I know I'm not bringing any humor to the show, but if I can just help out in any way, that's why I'm here. Oh, we needed that. Uh, maybe maybe you'll give us some jokes today, but fellas, we got a special guest today, and we welcome in a man who I'd like to get a beer with because he's a fellow 49ers fan. He has an interest in sports rehabilitation with an emphasis on an athlete's transition from rehab into return to sports training. A husband and two-time dog dad, he was a three-year captain of club soccer at San Diego State. He's currently a PT at Thrive Physical Therapy. We welcome in Jeff Mueller. What's going on? What's up? Man, I didn't realize you were going to go stalk my uh, work page there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> what yeah. an you intro. Have... Yeah, no, I, I definitely stalked your work page, your LinkedIn. I mean, it's cool oh, that you're taking it. Cool Birth certificate, social security number. <laughs> oh, man, you got all that? Shoot. Yeah. I mean, it's cool <laughs> that you're big enough that you have your own page on Meet the Team for Thrive Physical Therapy. So, you know, that's, that's just the internet at its works. But, Jeff, we brought you in because you're a PT, and, you know, I think it's gone a little bit under the radar just how many injuries we had this past off season. So, um, you know, before we kind of dive into the topic, is it something that you've kind of studied on your own as we're approaching draft season? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, I mean, I study – injuries as a whole, obviously, for my career. But um, yeah, I've been very interested. I've been working on a couple articles too. Um, finished a couple on the rookies. And then I want to work on a piece on all the guys that people have forgotten about who got injured like week 17 when everyone checks out. And then uh, surgeries during the offseason, like Amari Cooper, Zach Moss, Patrick Mahomes, uh, people who probably didn't even know that they had surgeries. 
Yeah, I didn't know Amari Cooper had surgery. This is breaking news yeah, to me. me but that's why we He's brought gonna, Jeff on. Going to be okay. So, okay. Because oh, cool. <laughs> Jeff, and as we mentioned, we're doing injuries, deciding ADP. It's probably the least popular topic to talk about, but somebody's got to do it. And as mentioned with best ball drafts and some of the home leagues starting soon, we're going to touch on some players who suffered serious injuries that we did follow and decide where it's best to take them. So make sure you stay tuned for that. After that, we'll go to our question of the week. Which NFL player is the best athlete? And as always, we'll have our game of the week revealed at the end of the show. So if you guys are ready to get another episode started, then, man, we're here to do it for you. Let's do it. No, no. no. I was going to say, without David, we don't need somebody yelling in my ears. It's genetic. (laughs) No, no. I I needed to do that to imitate David. But we're going to start off with some news and notes. And the first little bit of news, the schedule came out. A lot of storyline games. First season with 17 uh, regular season games. Which one are you looking at? Kevin, I want to start with you on this. There's only one. It's Dallas Cowboys at Tampa Bay. First game of the year. Uh, As a Cowboy guy, I can't wait to watch us take down the Super Bowl champs. Um, And it's, it's our year this year. I know we say it all the time, but this is our year for Dallas. I think it's a fantastic matchup, first game. I think it's going to do great ratings. I think it's awesome. It's a great matchup for the start of the NFL season. Oh, typical Cowboys fan saying it's our year and thinking they're going to win the Super Bowl. Put your money where your mouth is and throw some on there if you're that confident. John, what about you? Uh, Definitely we got Raiders, Ravens, Monday Night Football in a full stadium for the first time out in Vegas. That'll be cool. But then, I mean, you can't top Tom Brady going back to New England. I think – like, I think nosebleed tickets are, like, over a grand already. Oh, man. We should we should all pool in money together and then sell it right before game day and take, take a nice little profit. I was going to say, who's going? We all pool our money together. Who goes? Hey, man, we'll, we'll just take a small return on that. Brad, what about you? What game caught your eye? Man, I, I can't even fake excitement for a schedule release. Every year they what? do it, and I just I just don't care about the matchups. You don't know what injuries are going to be there. I don't care about Tom Brady going back to New England. Like when the week comes, I'm going to watch football, and that's all that matters. I don't really care about the matchup. I do want to echo that a little bit. I hate this like two hour special that they've decided that yeah. they get to do. Like it's the college basketball selection show. Like we know exactly. the teams that are playing. We know exactly. who's going to be in the season. I'm trying Welcome to commercialize to- every little piece of of everything. Welcome to the entertainment spectacle that is sports today. Brad, I don't know why I went to your Debbie Downer. Yeah. Jeff, bring us some good news. What games are you looking at? Maybe any 49ers ones? Yeah, well, Brad, I'm glad you said that because I actually I didn't even pay attention to schedule release. Yep. So I had to look all these up. Um, <laughs> well, I got I got two, but uh, T-Law versus Burrow on September 30th. That should be good. Um, and then and I Burrow news will come later. Um, but man, October 31st, I'm praying, Doc, you can probably relate to this. I'm praying for a Lance versus Fields matchup. Yes. There's a Halloween game this year. I'm with it. Yeah. 49ers That is kind of cool. I do like that. No, Brad, don't switch your mood. Don't change up. <laughs> I, didn't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know about a Halloween game. For, for me, I didn't want to be there's so a much. Full moon. Oh, there I hope that's go. right. Oh, I guess if Randy Moss isn't playing, that'll be hard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for me, I, did, I didn't want to do too much of a homer pick we need I a think, rim shot sound <laughs> I, i'm not i'm not that advanced yet but I, I think tom brady going back to foxborough week four the nfl purposely did this everybody knows um i'd i'd be interested to see if bill belichick 
kind of his uh, attitude towards the game. I mean, what if he tries to just get Brady hurt and he's like, nope, he's not getting the passing record on my turf. I wouldn't throw anything by him, but. Well, well you know, he's a, he's a good quarterback. And, you know, he played here a long time, but now he plays out and then, you know, in the other team. So we'll see what happens. Uh, we got our next Frank Kelly. <laughs> but speaking of injuries, after getting waived, Juwan James is considering grievance to recoup the lost 2021 salary from the Broncos. James could seek more than $10 million for the lost season. And this is a big deal between the NFL and the NFLPA. You know, DeMora Smith has relayed that information to us. Brad, what are your thoughts? You know, it's it's really interesting because the NFLPA has, you know, they've really spearheaded the movement to make sure that, you know, players aren't going into doing their, their voluntary workouts because the COVID, um, I guess, screening and protocols wasn't up to, to snuff. But it's interesting with, you know, what the CDC has said about, you know, vaccinated individuals and um, kind of restrictions being loosened everywhere. It's kind of tough to, for the NFLPA to either reverse their stance because then they'd be siding with the owners. And at the same time, like the players kind of have to go and you can't risk, you know, all this money that is supposedly guaranteed for an injury that's, you know, you're still you're still working to to better yourself at your craft, but because you're not actually on the the field at the facility, they can literally just not pay you, and it really puts everybody in a tough spot. But I think you know the NFLPA has to to reverse their stance and say, look, you got to go, you got to go to to the facility to work out because the end result is like you could have a bunch of marquee talent that's just not getting paid, and they can't renegotiate that until the next CBA. So it's really just a tough spot for everyone. Yeah, and I, I think this is another wrinkle that COVID has added that we didn't really think about. Jeff, what yeah. are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think the Broncos could have uh, handled the situation a little better, though, just from a, actually caring about their player standpoint. Um, but, I mean, ultimately it's a business, and he wasn't at a as a designate at a designated facility to train and got injured there. So if, if I'm just curious, cause I actually don't know the answer to this. If you hurt yourself and this was like, if this was like a month ago before OTA started and you're just at your home gym and you hurt yourself, would they do the same thing? Or is it just cause they want to make a point? No, it's the same thing. It's no, it's actually, yeah, it's the same thing. It's contractual. That's that's stupid. Kevin, any, any thoughts uh, that are different from the panel? Well, I just think if the NFLPA wants people to stay away, they should have some type of insurance money that they put up. And so they can say like, hey, if you're going to step away, then you sign this insurance policy. If you get hurt at home, we will cover a part of your contract or something like the NFLPA has to protect their players somehow. And um, I understand. Yeah. No, go ahead, Kev. My bad. No, I was just going to say they have to protect their players somehow um, at some end because the NFL teams don't care about them. It's a business. They're going to cut them. It is what it is. So if you want us to stay away, protect us because they got to get ready for the season. So there's got to be something there. To your to your point, like I I was under the impression like a union would have like, you know, all sorts of funds that the players would would pay into like like a strike fund. So the net, when the next CBA comes around, they can have money to support themselves while also not having to like give into that leverage of, oh, we want to play, we need a check. You know, I, I would have thought they would have, you know, the same kind of thing for this situation where, you know, a player gets hurt 
and isn't paid, but the union can, can still protect them. You know, I, so to that point, I, I agree with you. Kevin, you might not be funny, but you're a genius. And we should bring this up to DeMorris in a few weeks. Hey, that, that could be good, right? Last little bit of news and notes we have here, and this is an interesting one. Urban Meyer and the Jaguars have had Travis Etienne taking the majority of his reps at receiver during the first two days of the team's rookie minicamp. Meyer said, quote, worst case scenario, you have a running back with the skill set of the wide receiver. Best case scenario, you'll have a hybrid player who does both. John, I want to start with you because you've said this quote many times, a jack of all trades, master of none. What are your thoughts on this? Also, what's the implication by Urban Meyer that he takes a few snaps at wide receiver and all of a sudden he becomes a stud wide receiver? If that, if that was the case, put all my players taking snaps at wide receiver. I mean, it just makes no sense. If you want a wide receiver, get a wide receiver. If you want a good running back, play him as a running back. If he was going to be any good at a wide receiver, he would have been one in college. No, he's just a better running back. Brad, why? Well, Come on, Brad. Why would you want to play running back getting hit every time when you can play wide receiver and get more money and do all the pretty plays? Because you'll have a shorter con you'll have a shorter career in the NFL and then you got other stuff to focus on in your life. I Brad, think, you've been I chomping think, at this since Saturday. Go I on. have. I, I really I'm warming up to the idea and I, I kinda like it from from Urban Meyer. You know, I think the NFL game is moving towards more of what the college game is. Like we see you know, some of the best quarterbacks in the league are like young mobile quarterbacks and they're playing in systems that they were playing in college. And, you know, we look at Patrick Mahomes, even though he's not like a young mobile quarterback, he's more a pocket passer, but he's playing in this spread out offense with a bunch of like gadget weapons at wide receiver and, you know, running a bunch of slants and uh, trick plays, as you say, a lot of trick plays, Johnny. Um, gimmicky plays. Gimmicky plays. And tight end I th- I think- screens. Exactly. Like, I think that there's something to it, like the the nightmare of trying to be a defensive coordinator in college is that every player can be a weapon. Like these these guys are are recruited out of high school as little athletes, like not as positions, because they know, you know, with their talent, with their skill set, you can plug them in anywhere and they can just become dangerous. And I think they wanted to draft the Jaguars wanted to draft uh, Tony out of Florida. But he was gone, so they took you know the next best athlete that they had on their board, and that was Travis Etienne. And why like stash him on the bench behind uh, James Robinson or put him in a timeshare when you can just go ahead and put him out in the slot and just get him in space? And that's in college, that's where he's most feared, right? A, a fast running back in space that's elusive. Just give him the ball in the slot, and he's going to do the same thing. So I, 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 just, I cannot I don't think it's wait. I cannot wait for him to start dropping passes from the slot because a couple weeks of catching is not going to turn him into a wide receiver. No, no, but he he caught a lot. He caught a lot in college too. Like he has that skill set. He can catch. Worst comes to worst, they'll convert him as a tight end, and he'll get a, a second chance in the NFL. Ken, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I think. I mean, I, I think it's kind of just Urban Meyer. He he's gonna be a train wreck, by the way, everybody. Like, I think what you need to realize is Urban Meyer is gonna. It's gonna be watched a lot of fun to watch him just burn that money, and because it's it's not gonna look good. But I will say, like, of his number of total plays when he was when he was at Ohio State, when you look at kind of 2017, he ran the ball basically 35 percent of his total plays. But the snap, the share, and when you run, look at his pass run ratio, it's pretty much 55 to 45 run. They're going to run the ball more. I think – and with Bevel there, 
they're going to run the ball. And so I think James Robinson and ETN are going to, they're going to basically have a timeshare almost 50, 50 snaps. If they want to get him out in space, I guess slot would be where he's at. But to Johnny's credit, ETN's not the greatest pass catcher. He catches balls, but he does struggle a little bit. And he, he has improved every year, but even then he really looks uneasy catching the ball. And from, from my perspective, he's, that's not his strength. So this just kind of worries me. I don't know what urban's trying to do. It's, and there's a difference doing those like halfback routes and sticking somebody in the slot when they're going to get hit as soon as they catch the ball. Yeah, sure, uh, sure. I, no, great, great points. But Brad, I'm sorry to cut you off. I want to hear Jeff's thoughts on this. Yeah, I've been I've been so torn. I traded away one five because I didn't I don't want to deal with ETN and I just I don't even know what to think. Um, I'm completely with you, Kevin. On I think Urban Meyer is going to be a train wreck. Um, the concerning part for me is, you know, too trusted. I, I'm sitting here trying to remember. I know Ray GQ, Ray Garvin has said a lot on uh, ETN's lack of vision or inconsistent vision. And then Graham Barfield's article basically talked about how ETN's almost like a better third down back than an actual rusher. So now they're using him as a wide receiver. But, you know, you look at all these, all the rumors out of uh, the Steelers camp and they have Najee out as slot. You know, they, they moved him out to run routes. So it's it's the Jaguars are doing the same thing with ETN. Yeah. Um, so he, he very well could end up just being a, a jack of all trades, multi-touch, you know, used everywhere around the field. I'm just, I'm nervous. I have this gut feeling that Urban Meyer is going to throw Carlos Hyde out there for 10 carries a game. Oh, he probably will. And if there's one thing that we can guarantee is that when the situation does get messy, that's when Urban Meyer's health problems are going to come up and he's going to leave the situation. I'll just but. say it, it worked for Le'Veon Bell. And in, in fairness to Urban Meyer, whoever was the coach of this, you know, their first year coach of the Jaguars was going to have a rough year. Like this, this isn't a good team. There's a reason they had the number one pick. Like it was going to be a train wreck for anybody that, that took this. Yeah, but they're getting paid the big bucks and that's all they care about. But I'm just about, glad Urban Meyer is able to relax in a stress-free job. Finally. There you go. There you go. But but speaking of uh, jack-of-all-trades, that's kind of what we do. And make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button wherever you find your podcast. Want to hear more Triple Play? Well, great news for you. We do fantasy baseball and basketball on top of football that you can also check out. Available anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying the rating, how about rehabbing those finger muscles by giving us a five-star rating and review on the Apple Podcasts? Check us out on our socials at Trip Play Fantasy and the website TripPlayFantasy.com. You'll see my tweets, get a ton of interaction that makes David jealous. You'll also see a lot of articles, videos, podcasts, and even some movie reviews from those two handsome fellas on the right. So make sure you check that out. Remember when you jump off a swing set as a kid and you'd land without any aches and pains? Wasn't that the best feeling looking back? Well, that's the feeling we want to provide. Thank you to everyone out there that supports us by listening, watching, and interacting with us every single week. If you're watching the live version, we're not going anywhere. But if you're on the podcast version, we'll jump into injuries deciding ADP right after this quick break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy 
Kobe Price, Priceline. And we're back. Fellas, I wrote a little song or haiku decide or to set the mood for tonight. Now I got to give a little credit to Michael Govier in the fantasy baseball world if he's listening to this. But here we go. Tonight we're talking about injuries and how they affect ADP. Is it a yes indeed? No for me. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Why did you say haiku? You know, it just kind of fit in, in, the, in the rhythm of it. Just, just appreciate that I took some time to create that song. Did you but, steal that from David? But no, I got to give Govier some credit. We're uh, gonna get sued that. by the Michael Jackson estate. Uh, we're, we're, we're not thinking about that right now. Because right now, we're talking about injuries to star players in 2020, and thankfully, because of modern medicine and surgeries, players have a higher chance of bouncing back to their pre-injury ways. Now we're going to go but position by position and review some players that are coming off serious injuries. How do you think their performance will be in 2021? 20, is their ADP too high, too low, or just right? Goldilocks reference. And we will be using Fantasy Pro's PPR ADP for redraft leagues to determine. So the first guy, and we had mentioned Mr. Joe Burrow, and although his 271 record might have not showed it, Joey B was lighting it up to begin his NFL career. He had a 13 to 5 touchdown to interception ratio while completing over 65% of his passes. He even had three rushing touchdowns, showing he had some mobility with his legs. But unfortunately, week 10, he tore his ACL against the Washington football team. At the time, he had completed 22 passes. Now, some of us had bet the over on the 23 and a half completions. That wasn't me. That was me. This was later in the season, but some encouraging news was in late April, video surfaced of him doing some light on field work. Now, the Bengals added Jamar Chase to replace A.J. Green. His his ADP right now is 102, which is QB 11. So, Jeff, I'm starting with you. Is it too high, too low, or just right? And we're talking redraft, correct? Redraft. PPR, even though it doesn't matter for quarterbacks. So, yeah, so I was looking at this, um, and I was more so looking at the players afterwards, too. First off, I think Joe Burrow will be ready week one, um, but I, I think he's going to be a little rusty coming back, um, and I expect him to run a lot. Um, I, I would say in redraft, but again, this is this is how I typically play with redraft of going quarterback really late. Um, I would rather pass on him where he is. So it's too high for you. Too high. Okay, a little too high. All right, Kevin. What are your thoughts on Mr. Burrow? Yeah, I'll just wait. Uh, that's kind of in that weird territory where I don't want to grab a quarterback anywhere. So if I'm not going to get one of the top guys, maybe in that third, fourth round, I'll just wait after Burrow. That knee is looks – I mean, I'm not an expert, but that knee looks bad. And they're going to need some time to kind of get back in there. He could be a guy that maybe you get as a QBT a little later or maybe someone drops him because he doesn't play very well, especially in redraft formats, and, and they kind of move on. Um, but yeah, I'm not taking him in that high. I, I, I wait. So Brad, he added, I, you know, I think we can all agree at this point, Jamar Chase is going to be an upgrade over AJ Green. He is probably the, you know, one of the most talented trios in the league. Is that ADP? Does that feel right to you given his weapons? It does. Yeah. I, I'm a guy that like when a player says they're healthy and they're out there playing, I'm going to assume that they're going to be, you know, the the same caliber that they, they were or else they wouldn't play. You know, that's, these guys are making long-term decisions with their careers, so you know they're not going to jeopardize it by having bad games game after game because 
people make that assessment about your talent. So um, if he's out there week one, I think the Bengals are still going to be bad. They're going to be throwing a, the ball a ton. And um, he's who's got better chemistry with Joe Burrow than Jamar Chase. So with all their weapons, I think um, I think they're they're going to have a really explosive offense in terms of, of fantasy, a lot of fourth quarter garbage points. And I think if you can get him at that ADP, you're going to be happy with it. I personally, I wish the Bengals kind of shirt up their offensive line. I, I think that was a big Achilles heel and ultimately yeah. kind of what led to Burrow getting hurt. John, what are your thoughts? Well, when you initially, I was ready to say he was going to be um, ranked too high, but then you said he was QB 11. I thought, huh, that was lower than I thought it was going to be when we started the segment. So I think he's just about right. Like Brad uh, said, he's got a ton of weapons. I think he's he's right there. It's going to be cool. like the old Andy. Uh, it's going to be like the old uh, – uh, Carson Palmer, Chad Ochocinco days. I almost called That's Carson right. Palmer, Andy Dalton, but we'll move past it. <laughs> all right. All right. So we got two people. That's too high and two people just right. Nope. Not everybody agreeing. That's what I like. And we're going to go to another quarterback. And this is Mr. Prescott. Well, what did you think, Eric? Um, for me, it's, for me, it's a little too high. I, I think you can find a lot of value in QBs later. And I don't like picking someone that high that is coming off a serious injury, even if he does have a talented wide receiver. So, so are you going to say that to just about everybody on the list then since we're doing injuries? No, no, because QB, QB is the deepest position. So, so I, you, I don't want to overdraft. So, so if he plays if he yeah, plays 16 fair. games, you don't think he's going to be a top 10 quarterback? No. You, I guess which I, which I game is he missing? I, I, don't, I don't think we're going to see that rush. Oh, my bad, guy. 17 games. <laughs> Brad, here's, here's, <laughs> here's a... Here's a question. Would you want Burrow or Matt Stafford next year? Or for Stafford. this year? Stafford. Burrow. 100% Burrow. Whoa. He, he has, he has the good one. He has the running element that, that Stafford doesn't have. I, I like to I like to know that if you know a QB's gonna have an off game or he's up against a tough a tough defense that he can make it up on the ground. So I and Stafford, you know, new face, new place. I'm not entirely I wouldn't be shocked if he had like a rough, you know, first six, six no games. No quarterback of the season, you know? has gotten such a good PR campaign from being traded as Matt Stafford. I feel like it, nobody right? talked about that he was a good quarterback until all of a sudden he goes to LA and he's like a missing piece now. Real one. That's a good question, though. though. That's it a good is, question. It is great. It is great. Well, I, yeah, I was just looking at it where Burrow's quarterback 11, and then afterwards you got Tannehill, Matt Stafford, and then Matt Ryan. And it's like yeah. any three of all three of those guys could outscore Burrow next year. They could. Yeah. They could. This is going to yeah. be something that we got to keep an eye on, especially, you know, that like I said, video surfaced of him last month throwing. He is still mm-hmm. wearing a brace. So it's something you're going to want to monitor. But we're going to talk about a quarterback, Mr. Dak Prescott. And I'm looking at it's you. It's their Brad. year. I've heard people are saying right. it's their year. Yeah. You know, coming into the 2020 season, the sky was the limit for Rain Dakota Prescott. It arguably the best wide receiver core in the game with Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb. Blake Jarwin was a popular tight end sleeper, and Zeke was still viewed as a top five running back. Now, the first four and a half games looked good for Dak. He was on pace for over 6,000 passing yards and 30 passing (laughs) touchdowns, also adding three rushing touchdowns. Then in week five, he suffered a gruesome lower body injury many of us saw live. The surgeries to his ankle were serious. Doctors had to repair a compound fracture and dislocation of the right ankle in October. Then in December, Prescott got a cleanup of the same ankle to strengthen it. The second surgery would have occurred at some point regardless of what transpired against the Giants. 
uh, in October. Now, Prescott signed a massive extension in the offseason. He has all of his weapons back. His ADP right now is, is 57, QB4. Kevin, the Cowboys fan, it's their year. But are you taking Dak at this price? Hell yeah, I'm taking Dak as QB4. He was QB1 last year through four weeks. He averaged 31 points per game. Uh, and I think that if you're going to reach on a quarterback, you can you can kind of just get him on the outside if you're looking at kind of what you're talking about with redraft. Um, I would rather have him than Lamar, uh, even though he has that rushing upside. Mm. I would take Dak. I, I think that he has QB1 with those weapons, a second year with CeeDee Lamb, who I think is going to kind of forefront on as, as wide receiver one in that team. I'll, I'll buy. I, I'm biased, though. I'll admit it. But I, Dak was QB1 last year going into four weeks. And that defense is terrible, guys. I'm just letting you guys know that they didn't improve their really, they didn't really improve their secondary. They took a bunch of guys that have some question marks. They really haven't improved their interior defensive line to the area that I want to see. So you're going to see a lot of points, 30, 40 points in these games. They can't stop anybody. The first step in admitting it is showing your bias. So I'm, I'm very proud of you for saying that. Brad, what are your thoughts? Are you taking Dak at that ADP? Actually, yeah, I agree with everything Kevin just said. Um, even the the Dak over Lamar thing, I, I agree with. Um, I just think that that's such an explosive offense and these kind of injuries. Like, it's not like a running back where it's like, okay, they tear their ACL and historically speaking, it takes two years for them to get back to form. Um, with quarterbacks, I think they can kind of hit the ground running. And I think he's had like, he's had reports that. I don't know how true this is, but because of how hard he's worked and, you know, maybe he's like got mutant healing genes that he's actually ahead of schedule and he's moving faster than where they thought he'd be at this point. And all that to me says, you know, this is going to be a good sign. He's going to be back to normal. And um, I think if you can get, you know, a QB one caliber player at QB four, you're you're having a hell of a draft. So I'm definitely picking that. John, are you riding the wave? I'm riding the wave. Anytime you can get 6,000 yards, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. I think that I think that'd be some sort of big deal. But uh, they got that Brad 17th breaking game, this, man. Breaking this news to me that he's ahead of schedule. I mean, hey, what's that's not what the like? He's yeah. ahead of schedule. <laughs> yeah. I feel like they say that with everybody, though. Yeah. No, besides. He uh... is. You got to set just like a crappy schedule. I also, I also don't know. Like, I don't know if I'm just being like, you know. I, fooled by the the wording of it but can you really like work hard into rehab like how does rehab work that you can just well, work very hard i've got good news that, that's, that's, our, that's, that, that's where jeff comes in perfect segue <laughs> yeah i would say well you can first off but um yeah i don't i don't know about the whole ahead of schedule he's seven months out seven months six days out from surgery um and or at least his first surgery and I've seen videos of him moving around and, and taking snaps, his pocket mobility. I would say he's either right where I would expect him to be or I would have said a little behind. Um, but, I mean, I'm not concerned about it. I'm, I'm actually – I marked him as uh, – I think his ADP is too low. Granted, I had him at quarterback five, overall pick 57 um, when I looked at fantasy pros. But, uh, yeah, I think he's too low because he's going to – He's going to hit the ground running. Just like Kevin said, that defense is horrendous. Um, he's going to have to pass 40 times, you know, and he has all the weapons. So I'm not concerned about his ankle at all. Yeah, and I'm with the majority on here. I think his ADP is just right. I think 
if he had been fully healthy or something with a little bit of the less significant injury, his, his ADP is higher. I mean, he probably has the best wide receiver core in the game. And, and Kevin made a very important note of just how bad the defense is. Fantasy doesn't care about how bad your defense is. In fact, you probably want to have a bad defense <laughs> for the quarterback that you're taking for all those garbage time points. So we're mostly agreeing on that. Now we're going to go to the running back position. And we're talking about Saquon Barkley, everyone's favorite guy to talk about his quads. Barkley had 19 carries for 34 yards and six catches for 60 yards before tearing his ACL in week two. He suffered the injury earlier in the year and has had plenty of time to recover and will be a young 24 when the season starts. But he's had a couple of nagging injuries over the year. Hasn't looked quite the same since his rookie year. His ADP right now is 3.4. So definitely still an early pick. Jeff, too high, too low, or just right? I'm prepared to take some heat. Too high. I agree. Yeah. I, based on the Giants' moves this offseason, um, which they're they're a little odd, but, I mean, yeah, Tony addition, um, but then Devonta Booker calling him a three-down back, and Saquon coming off his injury. He'll be – his surgery was delayed about a month, month and ten days. Um, he's going to be, I believe, right at the nine-month mark when he comes back. And I, I really think they're going to ease him in. They're not going to give him his full workload um, day one. So plus mitigating risk, I mean, risk, I would take, I have Kamara down below Barkley, Derek Henry below him, and Zeke. I would take those three over Saquon for this year. Would you take Dalvin Cook? I would. Cook is at two. Um, I would, even though uh, they don't have Gary Kubiak, they have, his son in there is the. So OC. you're saying now the earliest you would take him is five. E six. Okay. Okay. Yeah. CMC, it. Kamara, Cook, Derrick Henry, Zeke, then Saquon. Okay. That's not the chalk answer. John, where are you taking Saquon? Uh, much lower than what you said, or lower is in worse later. <laughs> this is his, this is his second year in a row where he's had like a, a year-ending injury. It's just terrible. And I almost had the trade of the year where you offered me like three players for Saquon the 20 minutes before he injures his leg or something. And that would have been a, quite the heist, but yeah. And you, and you should have taken it. And and the ankle or the injury you're referring to the year before he had a high ankle sprain, I believe missed uh, four games. It was originally expected he'd miss six to eight, but uh, I think he only missed two. Oh, he only missed two. Wow. Yeah. He, he rushed back and he was yeah. limited for two or three games back. Yeah. And he even said, you know, that injury affected him mentally. Uh, Brad or yeah, Brad is a fan of the team in the division. What are your thoughts on Mr. Barkley? I'm i uh, I'm pretty much out on Saquon this year. I don't think he's going to be a top 10 back to be honest. Um, wow. I, I can't wait to see your rankings. And it's for all the reasons that, you know, Jeff mentioned, like they made moves that are probably going to put him in a timeshare and they're going to ease him in and, I think they want to be a more pass-heavy offense. Um, that defense isn't great. I expect them to be throwing the ball a lot. Um, I, I just don't. I don't anticipate Saquon Barkley is going to be the weapon that he was, you know, in his rookie year. And maybe that comes back next year, but it's not going to be this year. So I'm, I'm probably steering clear of him this year. Kevin, I want to ask you this: Do you think that Saquon Barkley has had the best year of his career when his rookie season? I think. 1,600 yards, double-digit touchdowns. Do you think we see that, Saquon, ever again? 
Uh, no, I don't think so. I think it, I think like 1,300 yards is about where I would kind of put in that. I, I think that injury was real, and like Jeff talked about, like it it took him a while because that swelling was so bad, right? Like I'm not an injury mm-hmm. expert, but like I feel like there's definitely some things there. That offensive line's not great. They they try to rebuild it, but Gettleman has not done a very good job there. Daniel Jones is trash. Like, so there's not a lot of things that they got to worry about there with like in that offense. And they're going to be keen on Barkley. I would, I, you know, I agree with what these guys are saying. I don't think I would take Jonathan Taylor. I mean, I don't think I'd take him over Jonathan Taylor. I think I'd rather have Taylor in redraft, to be honest. Let's, let's name. All right. So we got Dalvin Cook. We got um, Derrick Henry. We got Zeke Christian McCaffrey. We got Christian Zeke. McCaffrey. We got Kamara. We got Jonathan Taylor. We got CEH. We got Antonio Zeke. Gibson. Uh, you're, 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 we're coming off at six. I, I think once you Antonio got Antonio Gibson, now, Najee Harris, like all these guys are not going to be Josh, Josh, Nick Jacobs? Nick Josh Chubb. Jacobs, Josh Jacobs, Nick Chubb. That's 10 already. Like we're there's there's so many people that aren't going to be in a timeshare that aren't going to have to worry about, you know, last year's injury that aren't on bad teams. I just don't see, you know, this path for him to be what he was last year. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you guys as well. I think his ADP is too high. I think everybody looks at him as such a physical specimen, and he is. But you have to figure that the injuries are going to play a factor. I mean, he even admitted that the high ankle sprain mentally played a, a, a factor in his comeback. So if this is a more serious injury, and he had 19 carries for 34 yards. You know, he's had spurts where it looks like he's trying to do too much, and his yards per yeah. carry isn't great. So we're all in agreement on that. We're going to go to just, I want you to all know this is my new safe place. Yeah. I thought I was going to get ripped for that. <laughs> no, no, no. Welcome here, Jeff. I'll never rip another fellow. Haters I'll, never, yeah. I'll never rip another fellow 49ers fan. Yeah. We're going to go to an injury-prone running back, and that's Joe Mixon. Now, he suffered Ooh. a foot injury week six against the Colts. The team originally labeled him as day-to-day for the longest time, and he ended up not playing another game. Now, they never disclosed what the injury was. His ADP is 24 right now. Is it too high, too low, or just right, Jeff? (laughs) Yeah, I I, I don't know. I'm trying not to fall into the trap of Joe Mixon again. Um, (laughs) It's a drug. It is. It really is because he, he is really skilled when healthy, but he's never healthy. Um, and his OC is talking about he never wants him to come off the field, you know, more snaps, more getting hit. Plus, like you guys mentioned with Burrow, they didn't really shore up the O-line. Um, I'm not convinced Jonah Williams can stay healthy. Uh, Riley Reef was a good signing, but, I mean, how much does that change the offensive line? I just – if you're looking for a running back who is in line for 20-plus touches, Mixon is great, but – I would say his ADP is too high because if you're taking Mixon there, you're passing on Akers, Gibson, uh, Swift, Allen Robinson. It's like, I, I can't yeah. do that. You're probably passing on Saquon too. Uh, yeah, and, <laughs> and, and, and John, as someone that had uh, Mixon not in his top 25 last year. No, it did not. Where, where, where are you thinking? I think that's absolutely too high. And I'd argue he, he's not that talented when healthy. If you take out – three games he's basically Devonte booker like if you take oh out three God. games a year whoa, for him, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
the vast majority of all his fantasy points, yards, touchdowns come in like two or three games a season. And then the rest of it, he's inconsistent. Well, there goes our chance to get Joe Mixon on the show. <laughs> yeah, no, no, Gio, no Gio Bernard to steal his touches this year. Uh, so maybe that's why. And Gio Bernard is stealing your touches. That's an indictment yeah. on you. <laughs> Fair point. Chris Brad, Evans. What are your thoughts? I actually, so if he wasn't injury prone, like if I knew I was going to get 17 games out of him, I still would not take him at 24. Like oh, I, my gosh. <laughs> when did that was a curveball? <laughs> I mean, we we finished talking about Joe Burrow and how bad this team's going to be. They're going to be in tons of shootouts and, and trying to, to, to get back in games. Like, he's going to have a negative game script every game for this entire season, I imagine, if, if the Bengals are as bad as we think they are. So I, it, that's tough to draft that high when you know that he's not going to get touches, you know, in the fourth quarter. So I... I, I and you know, in fairness, why would we expect that he would stay healthy for a whole season? So, I mean, this is a, a guarantee. This is a sport where there's a hundred percent injury rate. Like you're going to get hurt. So that's not even an indictment on his his character, or his toughness, or anything like that. Like he's just going to get hurt. It's football. So I I'm just not a fan of 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 drafting somebody high when you know they're going to be in a negative game script. Brad, my response to that is past performance is not always indicative yeah. of future success. I use that <laughs> in my sales calls and it works. I'm, I'm using it on you. Kevin, wrap us out real quick. Your thoughts on Mixon? Yeah, I'm a Mixon truther. So I'm going down with the Titanic with him. He'll be hanging out with me as we go down nice. together. I do think that his ADP finally recognizes like his his where he should be, his value. Like It's finally probably running back two on a team, maybe running back three depending on where he falls. If he does, because I unlike Johnny who thinks he's you know Gennaro Bernard better, I do think Mixon <laughs> has running back one ability. So if he could, if if he's your running back two or three, and he does stay, there's a lot of if he. I know that, but if he does do those things, you could have two running back ones on your team, and that's how you win the. That's how you that's win. True. He could he could win you a game or two, and then lose you eight more. I could, uh, as someone that's had Mixon and dealt him for Tyreek Hill last year, right the game right before he got hurt. It's like that. It was like that was. I'm off the mix and drug now. Like that was my last time getting him. I still think his ADP is a little too high because you do know that he is probably going to miss some time. I'll, I'll say this though: like you're more like, I, at least I feel like you're more likely to grab a running back off the waiver wire that's going to be starting a few games for an injured first string running back than you are like drafting Joe Mixon at 24. Like yeah. I, I just think there's more you can do with that that ADP than to get like an injury prone running back. That's true. And, and, you know, for, I know a lot of people, they like taking healthy people or, you know, non-injury prone players at an early spot. We're going to go to the wide receiver position now. And we're going to start with Michael Thomas coming off a career year where he caught an NFL record, 149 balls for 1,725 yards. He significantly fell off due to a high ankle sprain. He suffered at the end of week one. Thomas would end up playing seven games, catching 40 passes for 438 yards, but no touchdowns. Thomas admitted, effect. Tom, Thomas admitted after this season that he was playing through pain, often being a decoy and suiting up for one last Super Bowl run for Drew Brees. But the aforementioned Brees is now out of the picture, and Thomas will be lining up for either Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston. His ADP right now is 20. Jeff, too high, too low, just right. I would say... I would say too high, but not because of injury. I'm I'm less concerned about injury as much as I'm concerned about how that offense is going to look. 
Um, the Saints have a good defense. Jameis could throw it out, air it out, you know, but I just – I trust Michael Thomas way more with Drew Brees than I do with uh, whoever – Whoever lines up at quarterback. Okay. I like it. So Jason the, the, Hill, whoever. So, so, the, so the quarterback situation affects it more than the injury. And that's true. You're going from a Hall of Famer to a gadget or a guy that's the only member of the 30-30 club. Kevin, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm out on the Michael Thomas train. Uh, I don't want anything to do with him. I don't know about the offense. I don't know what's looking there. I think it's too high. I'd rather have some other guys going around that. Terry McLaurin. Uh, even even and I hate Amari Cooper, but I'd take Amari Cooper. I think <laughs> Amari Cooper. I, I I don't like Amari Cooper, and I can't believe I'm actually saying this outside my mouth. I'm going to make throw up after the show. But I think I'd rather have him over Michael Thomas based on their ADP. Just I, I don't want the Michael tra- Thomas train anymore. He's got a little bit of a diva thing going on. Uh, Taysom Hill can't play quarterback. Jameis Winston, who the hell knows? So I'm just going to stay away. Are you prepared uh, for Amari Pooper, though, to have a zero for zero week 14 in the first round of the fantasy playoffs when he faces a number one corner? Yeah, he's going to. I hope he's playing against me like he always is, and I can do it because I never have him. Um, <laughs> oh, there we there, go. There, there's a lot of Cooper stands. I found that out the other day on Twitter when I said CD was their wide receiver one. I had a lot of Cooper people coming after me. That's probably all his family. I, I can't think anyone I know that's a Cooper stand. <laughs> Speaking of someone that is not a Cooper stands, though, John, what are your thoughts on Mr. Michael Thomas? I think it's just right or maybe too low if Jameis Winston is quarterback. The 30-30 club, he had 30-30 vision, got LASIK, sat behind Drew Brees. He's going to be awesome when he comes back. I think he's way too high if Taysom Hill is uh, is anywhere near lighting. If he, if he does five gadget plays behind center, that's too much for me next season. Okay. Speaking from uh, the guy that is not the Amari Cooper stands, he'll probably be drafting <laughs> Michael Thomas over him. Brad, what are your thoughts? Uh, Johnny took the words right out of my mouth. I think if, you know, if we get a situation where um, Jameis Winston is the quarterback, I think he's way, way too low. Like, I'll take I'll take Michael Thomas very high with that because Jameis is going to air it out, you know, 30 to 50 times a game. And Michael Thomas is going to get at least a 25 percent share of that. And he's their possession receiver and he's their red zone target. Like, I, I think he becomes a very attractive asset because. Also, the Saints are going to need to air it out. They're going to they're going to be in some shootout games. They also don't have that that big stout defense where, you know, they're only going to need to score 15 points a game. Um, if Taysom Hill's the quarterback, I'm I'm not even touching Michael Thomas. I, I just I'm not a Taysom Hill guy at all. So I guess Jeff's dog uh, must be a Michael Thomas fan because he hopped off <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and and Trying wanted to, to get him. him and wanted to get into the conversation. I think it's too low regardless of whoever plays quarterback. Obviously, we know what Jameis Winston can do. He's not afraid to lock into his favorite wide receiver, even if he's in triple coverage. And they did lose Emmanuel Sanders. So really, is it is this Traquan Smith year again? But with Taysom Hill against the Eagles, Michael Thomas had a 100-yard game. And I think that you know the, the majority of the touches are going to go to Kamara and Michael Thomas. But Drew Brees didn't look the same last year. In the playoff game against the Bucs, he threw three interceptions for the first time at home in a playoff game in his career. So I think regardless of who's playing quarterback, they're going to have a little bit more zip. They're going to be a little bit more poised in the pocket. And I think it's way too low. I don't know if Taysom gets more zip than uh, retiring Drew Brees. We, we saw that boys. duck that Emmanuel Sanders bailed him out with. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I like Michael Thomas this year. This is a guy that hadn't missed a game due to injury uh, besides you know, the, the high ankle sprain he had. But definitely somebody that's been a little polarizing. You know, and I, 
I, I picked him for a reason. You know, it seems like there's a lot of disagreement. Either you like Michael Thomas and you think his value is a bargain or you're not touch him in a, touching him at all, especially another, with kind of the QB uncertainty. Another thing is, like, I don't – there's no reason to think Michael Thomas got worse. You know, like, it. you might think his situation got worse, but there's no reason to think him as the player got worse. And if – and him as the player – is just a tremendous talent. Like he, at the very least, he's going to get you a lot of PPR points just from catching a bunch of those slants and and going from there. So I, I I just think he's a he's a he's a very good asset. And if you can get him at at around ten, I don't think that's crazy. And we all know Brad doesn't like to project injuries or poutiness. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. You know what? It's it's funny. I I heard something the other day, and by heard I mean I just made this up right now. You can't have a conversation about Michael Thomas and not bring up the word slant once. And Brad just proved it. <laughs> we, we got we got two injury wide receiver comebacks left, and the first is Cortland Sutton, and somebody that suffered another serious injury early in the season after suffering an AC joint sprain in Week One. Sutton tore his left ACL attempting to make a comeback or attempting to make a tackle after an interception in week two. Here I am thinking about comebacks. He's been rehabbing, quote, that's why you don't hustle, boys, according to Pro Football Talk. And the goal is to have him ready for week one. Sutton did not miss a game in his first two years and is in a contract year, which we all know is important. His ADP right now is 68.5, which would be the middle of the sixth round in a 12 team league. Jeff, too high, too low just right i think it's just right um typically coming off the acl tears he the player is typically a little slow to start production wise um so i think it's just right ultimate deciding factor for me whenever my draft is is who's playing quarterback and we may not even know at that point obviously if they trade for aaron Rodgers, then then we know um then i would say it's too low but yeah, for right now, I saw a picture of him today. Uh, he still has his brace on. I'd love to see him shed that, and then I might move him up a little bit. But for now, it's just right. All right. Kevin, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's about just right. I don't want to keep piggybacking on these ideas, but I don't think it's really too low. I don't think it's too high in terms of like where he's going. I worry about Locke, but you know, to be honest, he had one of his best seasons with Locke those last few games that he played with him two years ago. Uh, I have Sutton everywhere on Dynasty Leagues. I wouldn't mind taking a shot at him, especially if you go running back heavy early. He could be your wide receiver two or three, and I think that's pretty good value for what he could do. Uh, I think he's the number one option there, uh, and I think that – Again, they're going to be bad too. So their defense isn't great. They're they're aging. They're gonna you're gonna see them throw a lot. So yeah, I'm I'm on the kind of the same train. All right, John, what are your thoughts? Just about right, but because Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the starter there. That's there the we go. No curveball. <laughs> Drew Locke is is interception prone, and it's going to have some good consistency with Teddy there, and it's going to be great. All right, Brad, is it uh, just about right for you as well? Uh, Catherine walked in while you were talking. Who who are you mentioning? Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton. Okay. Um, ADP is 68.5, which is the middle of the sixth round in a 12 team. Hey, Catherine. I can't believe you didn't (laughs) round there, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) So Cortland Sutton is one of those players along with like James Robinson who like I don't have the, the scouting acumen to even say if they're good players or not or if they just like get luck, like have good seasons. Um, so he's somebody I, I naturally stay away from because I don't know if Cortland Sutton is actually good. Um, he's he's a big body. 
he seems to get those red zone targets. He makes good possession uh, receptions. I, but I like I don't know even if he had a good quarterback if he'd be like a top, you know, fifteen wide receiver. So I I don't I just I don't think about Cortland Sutton. He's a name that whenever I see him on my draft board, I just keep scrolling. All right. Well, I, and and it's interesting you mentioned that, Brad. You know, I, I'm a big Cortland Sutton stand. John knows I traded for him uh, right after our home draft one year because I needed a share of him. For me, it's too high. And I was reading a report that said, quote, he tore up his knee, which makes me think that there's more damage than just a torn ACL. You figure, that, you figure that Jerry Judy takes a step up this year. KJ Hamler takes a step up. Maybe they've already thought about his potential replacement and they don't have that initiative to play him and to try to have him big, get a big contract. So maybe they can bring him on a reduced cost. Um, I, I like his talent. I just don't like how serious his injury is, and especially with 17 games. Um, it's just something that in the middle of the sixth round, I think that you can get a lot of value for healthy players. Um, but we'll see. He's somebody I'm certainly rooting for him to do well, and I wouldn't be mind uh, being wrong and eating my words. Now the I last would, oh, I would I would take his teammate, actually, um, who I saw after going after Sutton, Fant. I would rather yeah. take Fant yeah. there. No, oh, yeah. no Fant. You know, the, the backfield, Melvin Gordon nah, still has that. Javante. No, uh, when is and, Noah Fant going to get a Fanta sponsorship? I feel like that's right there. Uh, I think John froze. Well, <laughs> that means we'll, uh, we'll go to our last guy, and it's Mr. Odell Beckham Jr., a guy that has seen a drop-off in his production the last couple of years. He only had two games with 10-plus fantasy points in 2020, but one of those was a 33.4, 33-point performance against Kevin's Cowboys. There you go. Defense sucks. Yes. He tore his ACL Week 7 against the Bengals. Now, he had an ankle sprain and fracture in 2017 that cost him to miss 12 games. He's 28 years old, and his ADP is 67, but he has not looked the same the last couple of years. So, Jeff, too high, too low? Or just right? Too high, definitely. I am completely out on OBJ. Newsflash, he doesn't play for the Giants anymore. Um, yeah, staying away. All right, that's easy. John? I think it's too high, too. If you take away his name recognition and you just put his past season stats after he left the Giants, nobody would take him that high or even remotely close. All right, this is an easy one. Brad? I think it's too low. Um, I think, <laughs> yes. I think that name recognition, that name recognition matters, right? Like the reason we know who Odell Beckham Jr. is is because he did truly amazing things when he was with the Giants. And it's not like well, he had some Brad, gunslinging. You know who Jeffrey Dahmer is? He didn't do anything that amazing. So. <laughs> <laughs> it, depends, it depends on who you ask. But uh, we, he, had, he had amazing seasons with the Giants and he didn't have some like you know, gunslinging quarterback and Eli Manning, he he just made do with what he had, and he he was the focal point of that offense, which gave him, you know, tremendous numbers. Now, he's not going to be the focal point with the Browns. They actually have a run game, and Jarvis Landry is getting all those, you know, possession receptions. But I think they've made such an investment in Odell Beckham, and he's had such, like, a rough, uh, a rough welcome there that I think Baker Mayfield is definitely going to try to force him the ball and I think we're going to see a lot of red zone targets from him. They're going to get him more of those slants that, you know, Jarvis Landry's getting. They're going to try to get him involved in the offense and try to get him hot. And I, I just think 
if you can get him like everybody's so down on Odell Beckham it's going to push his ADP down and you're going to be able to to get him at a place where you you wouldn't have thought you would be able to it's interesting that you bring up Baker Mayfield getting him the ball because it seems like when he's playing, the Browns look like a worse team because Baker's trying to feed That's it true. to Odell Beckham. They're trying and, to force it to him. Yeah. Yeah. And and when we've seen he's been out, they actually look like a better team. You know, Jarvis Landry or Shot Higgins or whoever has but, been the number two has That's, filled in beautifully because they that's can true. Spread it all around. That's true, but if for fantasy purposes, we don't care, you know, what they look like or who's the better team. There we go. We it's care about like who's getting point. the points. Yeah, we care like about who's getting points. the points. You don't care. Points or points. Exactly. Kevin, what are your thoughts? Well, if they play the Cowboys every week, I would definitely be on. Uh, <laughs> I'd be buying this. Uh, yeah, I like how he destroyed my team and got hurt afterwards. I would just – I don't know, man. He's – I don't know what to do with OBJ. I, that offense, I think it's all about game script to me. So that's why I kind of go away from it because I feel like they're going to run the ball, hunt, and those guys are going to get targets as well out of the backfield. They still use their tight ends, Hooper and those guys that are there. I, I just don't think that he's going to get enough targets for what goes with his ADP. And I just take other guys around him. Like I'd rather have DJ Chark probably around that area. Uh, some other guys that maybe they'll throw really? the ball a little bit more. I'm a, I like Chark though, and I even though Chark I fans. is he yeah. is he still in is he still in Jacksonville? Yeah. So you like you like Chark with. With Trevor Lawrence, a rookie quarterback, more than OBJ with Baker Mayfield? Yeah. Chark's at least going to play. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, so for me, I think, I think Baker's stock is being inflated too. I know we're not going to talk about him, but uh, yeah, that, that's going to be for the AFC North preview. For, so stay tuned for that in a couple weeks. For me, I think Odell's stock is way too high. Uh, you take out that 33.4 point performance, and he's someone that is averaging maybe double digits that you don't feel confident starting each week. Um, you know, at, at the point of the Cowboys, I think he's probably started in like 60% of leagues, which is crazy that you're saying that for last year, a top three, four round pick. Um, and part of his game was based on speed. And you figure that the more injuries you have to the lower body, that that's going to take it away. And in the NFL, literally, if you lose a split second of that agility, that's what takes you from a slant, taking it to the house to getting tackled for a slant for a seven-yard gain. So I hope I'm wrong because I like Odo Beckham and an extreme talent, but those injuries just start to add up, and he feels older than 28. Hey, Jeff, <laughs> how do you feel about the injuries that OBJ has had? Do you think he's going to be like a shell of himself or pretty much the same guy? Well, I yes, plus compounded with um, the, the MetLife turf. Um, okay. I'm – I'm one of those who speculates that with that turf, it's just, I mean, we've seen so many injuries occur there. Oh, yeah. sorry. I'm thinking giants. Um, <laughs> totally. Sorry. I was thinking past, yeah. I was thinking past OBJ. Um, I feel like doesn't, so never mind Cleveland, about the turf. But. Well, doesn't Cleveland have turf too? They can't afford turf. They have grass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> there we go. They got grass. We're, we're, we're grass, yeah, is, yeah. grass is better than, I, I don't think the players like playing on turf. We're we're ending this segment yeah. with a shot at the Browns for being too <laughs> cheap to have turf. I love it. Sorry, any Browns fans we offend. We're going to now go to the fun part of the show, and that's the question of the week. Now, we're sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. You listening, Brad? Because Triple Play Fantasy is now an affiliate to them, the fastest-growing sports betting site in the United States. Use promo code Triple Play. that's one word, and get up to $50 of your deposit matched when you become a new user and use that code. If you're looking to win some cash, make sure you follow the Triple Play Monkey Knife Fight show each weekend to give you a 10 to 15 minute look 
at the gaming landscape with our locks to help you win big. Listen, Brad, you got to get a show done this weekend. Can't put it yes, off anymore. Yes, so our question this week, who is the best athlete in the NFL? And you can interpret this a couple ways. And I think there's a couple answers that we're going to hear. So, Jeff, you're the guest. I want to start with you. Uh, I would say Mitch Wisnowski. No, I'm kidding. Aaron Donald. (laughs) Easily. Size, speed, freak. Trains with knives. Yeah. He moves. uh, It's unbelievable how he moves at his size and just how he freaking train wrecks people. So I have Breaks up bar fights. Yeah, and, and then and then gets falsely accused. They, you know, they need to sign whoever pulled him off the guy. I mean, yeah, they do. Yeah, put him on the uh, I, heard, squad. I heard Seattle's going to. <laughs> <laughs> I dig at the Seahawks. I love it, Jeff. You're my best friend, Brad. What about you? Who's your guy? Man, it's hard for me to think of anybody but Lamar. Like that dude can. I, he he's literally like a human joystick. I know we use that term too much, but he really is that. Like he can he can change speeds, change direction on a dime. The dude is just dynamic. I feel like he can play any sport. And you know what's interesting? He said, quote, that he's never gone a hundred percent speed in any game. Now if that's just it. if that's just hoopla, well, who knows? Why wouldn't he have? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe he just doesn't want to risk injury. Maybe he'll yeah. go with ninety five. It'll be too easy for him. Yeah. <laughs> right. Mr. Foosball, who's yours? I got the the budding track star DK Metcalf. I mean, I think it's all the track fan. meet. He didn't come in, he came in last in his heat, but if you put together all the heats, he beat out two track stars who want to go to the Olympics and he was pretty neck and neck in his heat, all without like he's not track training, like he's he's not working on his like uh starting posture and stuff. Like that's not how the NFL lines up. So I thought it was pretty impressive. When we knew that he chased, what was it, Buda Baker from the Cardinals, where he chased him down, and you know, everybody has that meme stuff. <laughs> we knew that he could be a track star, um, so I'm not surprised. I'm glad that he's doing it in the off season. Kevin, who's your guy? Yeah, I'm going. Yeah, I I thought of Aaron Donald when I saw this, and I was just thinking about who's the guy that could rip me in half, and that would be Aaron Donald. <laughs> that and, could be a lot uh, of players in the NFL. Hey, easy there, Doc. <laughs> you're 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 smaller than me, there, buddy. But oh, I yeah, would say everybody uh, would kill me. I would say Aaron Donald, man, that man is a monster. I just, when I, I see him, I just, I don't know how, like, he doesn't win defensive player of the year every, he has to, like, he's just that athletic. He's a freak. I'm yeah. curious. My bad, Eric, go ahead. Well, I was going to say mine, and I don't like giving him credit, but it's got to be Tyreek Hill. I mean, track star speed, even though he doesn't do it. Whenever he catches a touchdown, he does a backflip in the end zone, and he's like 5'8", and he's mossing corners that are over six feet. He can jump. So I don't like giving him credit, but I'm just like, wow, this guy is an insane athlete. Like he makes it look easy. Brad, I'm sorry. He's got a quick 40, a long rap sheet. He's got a lot going on for him. (laughs) Yeah. Quick hands. Oh, Oh, man. This this, this podcast just got off to It's getting dark. Hey, we're getting real. We're getting real. I was going to ask, do you think if DK Metcalf like tore his ACL running track in that that race, do you think he would have got paid? Ooh, I think because he's better, he might have gotten paid. Like, I don't. Yeah, I think so. the Seahawks would want to keep him for next year, so they, they'd have to. They pay would him. do the Tyreek Hill thing where they would give him a, a contract extension now, but it wouldn't be the maximum he could get if he went into free uh-huh. agency. They'd probably give him like a a four year, forty million dollar contract extension, which is an upgrade for him, but not if he hit the open market healthy. But I agree with that. Good discussion, gentlemen. 
we got our game of the week, and I'm hosting it. And we had the Schwab on a couple weeks ago. And I'm sorry, Eric. I just want to say I had like a moment like when you're like, oh, shit, I didn't do my homework or something. I was like, was I hosting this week? Nah, it's me. It's me. It's me. I believe me. I was prepared. I always have a backup game. So we had the Schwab on a couple weeks ago. And one of the segments on there is leading off. And so I give you guys a category that's going to have multiple answers. And you're going to tell me a player in, that fits in that category. If you get it right, it goes to the next guy. If you get it wrong or you repeat an answer, you're out. So I have four categories here, and I have a fifth tiebreaker. So we're going to start, and we're going to go round robin. So the first is, who are the last eight quarterbacks to lead the NFL in passing yards, including the last season? So eight different quarterbacks. Brad, I'm going to start with you, then Kevin, then Jeff, then John, and then we're going to rotate. Sound good? Um, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is not an answer. Get out of here. Yep. He has not led the league in passing yards. Brad Kevin. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes has not led it either. Mm. What? Oh, good. Yeah. Well, you don't get a lot of yards when you're doing two-yard screens on the end zone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Point, actually. So we're going to Jeff. All eight Two answers go on the board. Drew Brees, the most recent time he did it was 2016. John, to you. Tom Brady, since we're going old heads. Tom Brady did it in 2017. Jeff, back to you. Who the heck led it last year? Is there a time restraint on this? Uh, I mean, like like 10 seconds. Just be reasonable. Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston, 2019. John, back to you. Dangerous. Dangerous did not do it. So the point Jeff, goes Jeff. to Jeff. The other ones, 2020 Deshaun Watson, who that's the, all we'll talk oh. about. 2018, Ben Roethlisberger. 2010, Philip Rivers, because Breeze and Brady alternated years a bunch. I almost said Rivers. 2009, Matt Schaub. And 2004, <laughs> Dante Culpepper. Ooh. I refuse to Which believe is- that Matt Schaub led the release. It's crazy. It's kind of crazy you have to go back that far just to get to the eighth quarterback. Exactly. I, that's why I was like, wow. Nobody's going to get the Dante Culpepper answer. No. I was like, nobody's going to get – I'd get Dante Culpepper before I got Matt Schwab. So we got <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, Jeff with one. The next one, the running ba- – the eight most recent running backs who have led the league in rushing yards. And we're starting with Kevin on this one. Led the league in rushing yards? Yeah. CMC. CMC is incorrect. Rushing ooh, yard. Ooh, let me go. Let me go. Let me get a free one. It's to no, Jeff. No, 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 let me go. Let me go. No, 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 no. Let me now. go. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, the most recent one. We're right. going to you, John. Dalvin Cook? Dalvin Cook is incorrect. We're going to Brad. What? How many years back do we get to go? Uh, it's, it's eight the, players. It's, not it's, it's the eight years. players. Oh, I'm not okay. going to tell eight you how players. far they go back. The only answer, um, correct answer so far is Derrick Henry. I'm going to go Zeke. Zeke in 2018. We're going back to Jeff. DeMarco Murray. DeMarco Murray in 2014. There we go. Back to you, Brad. I'm going to go Sean Alexander. That is is incorrect. We didn't have to go back that far. (laughs) I didn't say Adrian Peterson. There we go. Adrian Peterson in 2015. I I was going to say uh, 
I was going to say Priest Holmes before I said shout out. <laughs> nah, nah. So we got Kareem Hunter 2017. Priest Holmes, like, what, 2003? Yeah, yeah. it might have been. Yeah, Eric we don't have Dickerson. to go that far back. So we have, so the list we have, the list we have Kareem Hunt in 2017, Adrian Peterson in 2015, LaShawn McCoy in 2013, Maurice Jones Drew in 2011, Arian Foster in 2010. This is a good so, game. I actually was going to jokingly say Maurice Jones Drew. There you go. You yeah. should have. You should have. So Jeff's got two. Um, you guys need to get two to tie, but we'll play four out anyway. The next one, wide, re- uh, wide receivers to lead the league in receiving yards. And Jeff, we're starting with you. Oh, shoot. Well, uh, Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas in 2019. John, do you? This is harder because I feel like it might just be eight yeah. players. Like Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is incorrect. We're going to Brad. That's a good guess, too. I'm going to go um, Randy Moss. Randy Moss is incorrect. Well, you guys yeah, yeah I thought it's too far. I thought it would have to go. <laughs> that was like 2012, I feel like. Kevin, to you. Uh, did, I think Julio did it. Did Julio do it? Julio did it in 2018. We're back to Jeff. <laughs> Shoot. Who did it last year? Mm. Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is incorrect. So Kevin's going to win this category. We had Stephon Diggs in 2020. We had Antonio Brown, who did it three times. Yeah, Antonio Brown. Most recently in 2017. T.Y. Hilton in 2016. Josh Josh Gordon in 2013. He did it in 14 games. Memories. Calvin Johnson in 2011. And Brandon Lloyd in 2010. So going into the last... Category, Jeff has two, Kevin has one, Brad and John have zero. Kevin, you got to get this to go to the tiebreaker question. And we're starting with John on this. The last eight teams to have the best record or a share of the best record in the NFL. Kansas City Chiefs. Most recently, (laughs) KC. Brad, we're going to you. um, (laughs) Saints. The Saints had a share of it in 2018. Kevin, we're going to you. Green Bay. That is incorrect. Ooh. We're going okay. to Jeff. Patriots. Patriots had a Damn. share of it in 2017. Go. We're going back to John. Oh. Five answers left. Panthers. Panthers are incorrect. How? The Cam Newton, they went 15-1. and one. You'll find out after. We're going <laughs> that was back to eight Brad. years ago. That wasn't eight years ago. No, this is shenanigans. It's the last eight teams to either lead uh, the league in win or so you're telling. Oh my god! Or you'll you'll hear it after. Brad, where do you? Um, I'm gonna go with. The. Cowboys. That is incorrect. So 2020 was the Chiefs, 2019 was the Ravens, 2018 the Saints and the Rams both had the best record at 13-3. And And in 2017, there was a four-way tie between the Patriots, the Steelers, the Vikings, and the Eagles. So a little Hmm. before the 2015 Panthers, but... Winning three out of the four categories. I get robbed there. There we go. (laughs) Winning three out of the four categories. Jeff, you are the winner. 
15 seconds of FaceTime is yours. You know, I, I, oh, I wish man. I had I wish I had the, the round of applause. I'm not that advanced yet to have the uh, I already get booze. Nah, nah, don't listen to Brad. Brad Brad didn't get a single point, but Jeff, 15 (laughs) seconds of FaceTime. If you want to talk about anything that you're working on, where they can find you on Twitter, all that good stuff. Yeah, I'm just working on more injury injury, um, profiles over at DLF and then uh, Destination Debbie with Ray GQ. Um, Doing rookies right now, just breaking down my most concerning rookie wide receivers, running backs. Those are coming soon. And then tight ends, quarterbacks. So sounds like a lot of stuff to keep you through the off season. And if you want to see more of Jeff and uh, kind of stalk him on, on his various uh, platforms that he's working on, you can find him on Twitter at JM thrive PT. Um, we appreciate you coming on and, you know, hopefully providing some clarity as draft season is coming up for things and players that people might've forgotten about. Uh, we are going to begin our division previews next week. David might be back. He might not be, who knows? Maybe I'll kick him off for good. Until then, everybody stay safe and enjoy the weekend.